of Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns, your host as always. And today we've got with us Mark Fitzgerald. Hi, Mark. Hi, yeah. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. It's great to have you on the show with us today. Um, Mark, we've known each other for a couple of years now uh, through various training events and just sort of crossing paths through networking events and that kind of thing. And it's been fantastic to watch your progress and very clear um, just, you know, your success through different strategies, but particularly rent to rent and um, and how you've kind of gone from working in the corporate world through to um, now a full-time successful property investor. So for people who don't know about your story, uh, do you want to just tell us a bit of background before you got into property? Because it hasn't always been like this, has it? <laughs> well, no, no, I, I think for a lot of us it hasn't. But uh, no, I mean, my background was all corporate. I was a production manager for uh, a number of years for, uh, for the Swift Group, actually. And um, I was like anybody else. I was on, you know, the rat race. I was on the treadmill, so to speak, always looking for the new promotion. Uh, never really having enough time for my family, for my kids. Never really, um, never really enjoying or feeling satisfied in what I was doing, but always thinking I was doing the right thing. Um, and it wasn't until 2018 when I uh, really opened my eyes up to looking at property. Um, I was looking at just getting some vanilla buy to lets, as you do, buy a couple of buy to lets. Hopefully they'll make you some money and you may be able to buy some more. Uh, obviously, being up north, it's a bit cheaper than it is down south. So um, you can get uh, you can get property or you could get properties in 2018 for about 40 grand, you know, a couple of bed terraced houses. So me and my sister really were looking at that. And it wasn't really till I dig deeper. I mean, if anybody knows anything about me, if I start looking at, or to, if I start wanting to get into something, I uh, I do tend to do my homework on it. So I started, you know, looking at um, different things on the internet, and I had a bit of an injury, so I had a bit of time to do so. So um, yeah, that was really, really uh, you know, this, the, the the property industry opened up to me, and all of these different strategies. You know, you didn't just have to buy properties uh, and sit and wait and see if they make any money or get crap capital growth. You could actually go out there, you could get creative with the strategies, uh, and you could build your own property business. And that's really what I wanted to do. Um, it was start my own business. So. You know, I was going to try and do this alongside my job, but in 2019, I um, I took voluntary redundancy because I had just had enough. So I had about six months to try and make something work, make something happen. And I chose rent to rent as a strategy because I was looking for cash flow. Um, and I didn't have, well, I had a bit of money behind me. I didn't have massive amounts of money behind me. So it was something that I could do relatively quickly to get the cash flow coming in. And then I could look to do other strategies uh, as, as it went forward. So, yeah, for, for me, it was, you know, get it, get, get the education because I was very naive to that. And um, yeah, go at it full guns blazing and see what I could do. Wow. Okay. Let's dig into the story a little bit. So obviously being in the corporate world, it, you know, and the rat race, as we call it from the Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, where you kind of just on this hamster wheel, you just keep going round and round. Um, and you, you said about looking at vanilla buy to lets. First of all, a lot of people don't really think to look into property in the first place. Um, so, you know, what was it that kind of made you think, that that because there's lots of different ways of making additional income through other businesses um investing in stocks and shares etc so what was it about property that you thought um appealed to you and and just tell us where you're based as well because obviously you know you're talking about some quite cheap numbers there for cheap uh, property 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want everybody coming rushing yeah, into the <laughs> no, no, I'm in South York, so I'm, I'm between <laughs> Shefford and Barnsley. Um, but uh, as I say, the, the prices are got creeping up again now, which is good. But uh, no, for me, really, it was a friend of mine. When I um, Obviously, I'm not from South Yorkshire. You can probably tell from the accent. So I used to live in Bath. Uh, we were originally from London, moved to Bath when uh, when I was about 10 and grew up there, which is why I sound like I do now. Um, but it's not as strong as it used to be. When I go down and see my friends, oh, it's a strong accent down there. Um, but uh, no, so um, a friend of mine, he had about three, I think he had three properties in Bristol that he used to rent out. And um, he, just, he was moving up north and he sold his three rental properties and he bought 12 up north. Oh. And um, the next thing I know, he's not, he, he used to be quite, he was self-employed, but he, the next thing I know, he's like almost semi-retired. And I said to him, why, what are you doing? Um, and my, my mum lived, uh, lived in Filey, so I was traveling up and we went and saw my friend. And he just said, I, I, I live off my rental income. Uh, he says, obviously, I do a little bit of work when I want to do work, when I choose to do work, but I've got time freedom. I can enjoy my life. And I've, I've bought these pro and he took me around a few properties. And actually, when we moved up north, uh, when we when we moved from Bath, to, we moved into one of his properties for a year to find a feet before we bought our own house. So, um, yeah, that was what I didn't do was go and buy a load of them myself when I moved up there because they were really cheap then. Um, but you don't know what you don't know, do you? So for me, it was buy a house. At least I've got the mortgage. I couldn't afford to buy it being a first time buyer in Bath. Um, and yeah, that was it, really. It just I just looked at that and I just thought, you know what, that, that's that's brilliant. And it took me then probably another 10 years to actually then think to myself, do you know what, I should go and do what my friend's done and actually start buying some properties and have some money coming in in the background. And the main the main light bulb moment for me was when I had my injury and I was sat there and like I say, I had a, a decent job, a decent wage coming in. I was always stressed. Um, I was always working long hours, but um, I, I just sat there and I just thought to myself, you know, if it all stopped now, maybe I lost my job. What, where would I be? What would I have? What have I got? What could I leave for my family if something, you know, God forbid, happened to me? Uh, and it was really, it was thinking, well, at least property is here. It's it's in your face. As long as you look after it, you know, it shouldn't devalue. And if it does devalue, as long as you haven't got to sell, you're all right. Um, so for the for the legacy, for the children and everything, it's 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 a great commodity to get into. Obviously, there are other investing opportunities out there. Would probably have more risk, but obviously have more reward. And I do dibble dabble in stocks and stuff, but not to the extent that I'm obviously looking at in property as well. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned there about a sort of 10 year gap. And I think that's is quite common. People look into something and then, you know, 10 years just fly by and suddenly you're thinking, oh, yeah, that was a good idea 10 years ago. I should look into that again. <laughs> um, so it sounds like, you know, the, the having the, that break from, you know, being at home and just kind of having that thinking time, I guess. Is there anything you think that, you know, in hindsight, would you, you would have done differently or um i mean you know we can all we can all look back and say well, i would have you know bought all these houses in the crash but um yeah is there anything that you think or, or did you just think well this it had to be that time because that's what you know the you know with the accidents and you i think i think for me it it was a simple case of i wasn't ready yeah. I wasn't ready to take the information in. I can look back now and I can I, I look at people now and I, I'm, I'm not massively old or anything, but, you know, I'm a middle aged man uh, and I got to I got to respect that. But I look at guys and girls that are like 20, 21, 22, and their mindset is the same place as mine is now. 
Um, and I think, oh my God, you know, I, I wish, I wish I'd had, but I didn't. And I tell you what, when I was 20, 20, I was enjoying myself. I was out, you know, doing what I enjoyed and, and that's how I spent my life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't look back now and change. I wish I had a bit more, I think you're open to more things now, but I wish I, I would have been more open to it. But even when my friend bought all these properties, the only thing that was in my mind was I need to buy one of these, pro a property like this you know a three bed semi-detached i need to buy one of these because i can afford to buy one. i wasn't thinking i should buy a load of these or a handful of these or how can i buy the next one it was buy that one as the old tradition goes paid a mortgage off so when i retire i haven't got a mortgage happy days as we know now that's never really going to work properly anyway but yeah so I, I i found really myself in about 2017 2018 where my mindset changed and it started to open up and that's where i am now and um you know people that knew me before then and know me now know that i'm i am like night and day they, they can't shut me up now whereas before i never <laughs> used to say anything uh, it's hard for you to hard for you to believe i know <laughs> um, well you know you've certainly got the passion and you've got i think almost for me it's like when i discovered the the world of property and all these creative strategies and everything that was possible uh, you, you almost become evangelical about it because you think god how did i get to this age and and no one's told me this i've got to tell everybody you know everyone needs to at least have the um just the opportunity of understanding that it can be done and what's possible so you know you mentioned about doing a lot of homework and research when you're looking into property and then i, I imagine this world of property investing and all the creative strategies opened up to you there so um you're a very creative person yourself so this must have been quite exciting for you <laughs> but it is but also with with all of that you can also start going uh, you'll, you'll know yourself you can get down rabbit holes can't you you can start chasing shiny pennies and you can start really getting yourself into a bit of problems if, if you don't get your mindset right and everything and get yourself you know focused on what you want to achieve and, and uh, you know I, I always i'm a big believer in now if, if you if you know what you need and that's one of the core things that i think you need to find out is what do you need right now is it cash flow or, or do you have the cash flow but you're looking for you know capital growth you're looking for more for the uh, for the owning the assets and things but i, I think yeah, at the beginning particularly for me it was it was really strong about knowing what i needed how i wanted to achieve it and then just trying to nail that and once it's nailed then the world's your oyster so to speak uh, and you can start doing different things you want but for me the biggest thing is just making a business that i can be proud of and making sure that i have stability in my life and i can do more of the things that i want to do and it's it's absolutely unbelievable how how like yourself how all these different strategies can be done in such a manner that it's not ripping anybody off if it's done right it's done in a win-win situation where you know not only people who own the assets but aren't haven't got the education can work with people like us and they can benefit from it as well and that's what i really like about property yeah i think the key i just want to pick up on there what you said is about understanding what you want right now because yeah we all want the cash flow and the capital growth and you know the easy life and <laughs> you know we we want all the boxes ticked but actually when you're getting started out it is really important just to just to make a decision, put a stake in the ground and say, okay, I'm going to get started here because once you get started, then you build that momentum. But, you know, I'm sure you see as well, there's so many people who they just get lost in this overwhelm of all these different strategies and as exciting as it is, um, there's there's a bit of paralysis by analysis because you just don't move forward. You're just constantly analyzing, well, should I have this location? Should I invest here? Should I do this strategy? So, uh, you know, as a sort of creative person, how did you navigate that 
decision making process and kind of speed of taking action because it was quite you know a short period of time really wasn't it from yes from discovering yeah. these ideas to taking action well, if, yes, um, as my wife always says, I'm, I'm the sort of guy that jumps and then looks where to land. You know, it's not always <laughs> it's not always the cleverest of things to be done. So I do try and refrain from that. She's actually still, you see, I'm all blaze on the wealth dynamic. So I'm all flamboyant and out there. And she's she's very methodical and she likes everything, you know, in line. So, I mean, for me, it was it was having that sort of. Um, that's that sort of uh, influence in the background as well. It was also getting educated, as 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 I always say. I, I think, you know, I, I was very naive to that. I wasn't going to pay for education. I didn't mind buying a book. I didn't mind watching YouTube, listening to the podcasts, and you know, you can get a wealth of knowledge from those. But you know, now being educated, you can also understand that there's pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that you are going to miss by by using those sort of things. You know, you're not given an actual, and that's really what you're paying for when you go for training. You're paying for a bit of a roadmap um, to, 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 to send you in the right direction. So for me, I didn't think, you know, purchase lease options would work. I didn't think rent to rent would work. Why would a landlord let you have their property when they could just earn the money themselves? So it was very nice. And it was going out and networking with people and um, getting getting to see that um, uh, I went to the Sheffield Pin and, and the guys there, they were actually doing rent to rent. Uh, and I met some other people that were there as well that were doing, you know, that strategy and were making it work. And I just thought, you know what? There's legs on this. It, it, there's actually live people in front of me that are using these strategies that I'm reading in the books and I'm watching people on YouTube and things. And I thought, well, for cash flow, why not try and put a business together that you can be proud of? You know, you don't have to be the biggest. You just need a handful of customers that you can serve, that you can do a good product for, i.e. landlords. And if you can do that and bring in the cash flow uh, at the same time as looking after the properties and looking after the tenants, then I really like the idea of it. So for me, it was a case of, I had about six months to get cash flow going before I'd run out of my redundancy money. Um, but obviously, as I say, when I took redundancy, I knew then that I was going to start a rent to rent business. Um, and so basically, that was the case of let, let's get into this and then we'll see which, like you said, see which other avenues it can take us. But I did suffer from overwhelm. I'm not going to deny I, I did. Uh, it was talking to people like yourself, um, also f fellow sort of masterminders and, and other people at networking events as well and just getting their experience and their two, two pennies worth. And then you just decide it for yourself. But look at what you want. Have a clear pathway of how you're going to achieve it and then go out there and achieve it. So for me, it was all about cash flow it was all about uh, making sure that you know i could turn the lights on and i could deliver on a good business well it's interesting how you talk about setting up a business from day one because i think a lot of people especially if there's any kind of residual skepticism there or naivety or, or just lack of confidence they think oh well I'll just try. I'll just see how I get on. And, uh, you know, and they might get one or two, a couple of rent rents or a couple of deals, but they don't think of it as they're starting a business from day one, which I think, you know, picking up from what you're saying here is that you were very clear on your vision. You were clear that actually it was possible. And, you know, rather than just setting out to see what deals you could find, it was like, okay, how can we, fast track this how can we get you know the volume the scale um and and grow the business very quickly obviously you you had a, a lot of motivation to replace your income um but can you just talk to us about that the difference in the mindset there about starting off with the idea of a business from day one 
Well, I think, uh, you, as you say, you could look at it. I mean, you, you've got a couple of rent rents. You can probably just manage those as, as like a typical landlord does. But if, as you know, with HMOs or anything like that, they're a bit of an animal. They are a bit of a beast. Uh, so you need, to have, you need to go in with the right sort of mindset in the sense that it was all about having clarity to me. So if I, you have to have a vision. So you have to have a plan. You have to have a 12-month, three-month, um, five-year plan. I'm, I'm a massive one for that. And I always like to have a 90-day plan. So each quarter, every three months, the 12-week year is a fantastic book. If, if people haven't read that, read that book. It, it, it's a game-changer, game-changer. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's all about having a, having a plan and a strategy to go for. So for me, it was about building up the cash flow, building up the business in the first 12 months. That was it. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that I bring that in. And that was the clarity that I had. Uh, after that, it was then about making sure that we had the systems in place and we could bring people in to support and help the business as well. So we, I have a rent to rent business working for me in the background now where I'm, I, I, I don't do a great deal in it. Uh, I am there if they need me. If the people that are in there and the, and the systems or something goes wrong, but basically it's it's there now. It, it employs people and it is a business. And I've gone into it as I wanted to build a property business. Um, and obviously, I want something as well, so that when my portfolio gets bigger and the properties are mine and things, I can bring them into that business, and I know that they're being ran all under all under the same umbrella. So for me, I think that you, you've got to have your vision, you've got to have clarity in your vision. I also think that it's it's healthy to have a little bit of an obsession with what you're doing because it shows you've got passion. You know, healthy obsession we're talking about here. So you know, if you obsess about things, I think your mind looks for ways and opportunities for you to to see things that you don't always see. So it's a bit like my friend getting all of these properties and all I saw was I need to get one for me not thinking you know how, how do I get one and then two and then three and then four it was very narrow-minded so it's opening your mind up to sort of the things that you want to achieve and I, I believe if you have clarity in what you're doing and you, you've got that little bit of obsession that your mind's looking for the opportunities there uh, things will come towards you. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, things, the power of law of attraction and everything sort of works in that way. So when I'd set my stake in the ground to say I was starting this business, then the opportunity for voluntary redundancy come, I took that. Then the opportunity came to further my education. I thought I'm gonna take that, I took that. Then the opportunity to meet people, to grow. I've just grabbed and embraced whatever I could. Uh, and I, you have to have the right mindset for that because I spent 20 years or, or so before that without that mindset without that openness as well yeah and uh, one, one thing you said there about the uh you know starting off she started off and you were doing all the deals yourself you were going to all the viewings and then you talk about how you know your it runs in the background now so how do well how was that transition from sort of how did you extract yourself from the business because i think a lot of people they look to set up the business and then they just create another job for themselves they create this monster of a, a business and then you don't know how to get out of it so it seems like you've been quite clear and methodical as you know yes you needed to kind of get it going and get the deals underway but then actually you seem to have you know been able to remove yourself from being in the business to working on it so how was that transition well, it wasn't easy because I think you'll know yourself and your listeners will know as well. We always think we can do it better than everybody else. So when when you're doing viewings with, with tenants and, and you're onboarding tenants, you know, the actual fact of stepping back and letting other people and have their own opinion and and, and see what it was was difficult at first. But I always had in the back of my mind, 
I need to be open. I need to be looking for people who want to work in my business, who, who want to support the business. Obviously, it's not their business. It's my business. But uh, so I was always looking for um, opportunities again where, where people maybe, you know, were coming in, were, were, were maybe cleaning in my properties, were maybe uh, handymen. Or, or women or had partners that were just looking for a little bit of part-time work and things and it was just really talking to people getting an understanding and then just trying out a few different things so you know I, I my, my my cleaner has her own operation but she doesn't mind coming in and doing viewings and stuff and onboardings and things so we built up that rapport now all I used to do is make sure that when I did something I just documented how I did it and what I wanted people to say and not so it's just something you can hand to basically anybody that you trust that can just go through it and, and just tick it off as they're going along so it's just about implementing those processes and things but you've got to be looking for it and if again if you're narrow-mindedly thinking I'm the only one that can do this nobody can do this as good as me uh, and it is scary don't get me wrong it, it can be very very scary but I've always looked at this from like I say from the outset as a business as a property business and I think rent to rent has to be looked at as a business, as you're scaling. You are, a, in effect, you are a glorified management company. So, you know, you don't see any letting agents out there. Well, you might do, but most letting agents out there are set up as a business, as a brand. Um, and that's how, you know, you build it up. So going in with that mindset there, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And I just just looking for the opportunities to make sure that... Um, when the right opportunities or the right people came in front of you, you tried them out. And like I say, you kiss a few frogs, but then eventually you find the good people that want to work with you. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned there about it, it being scary and I guess you're sort of being outside of your comfort zone, trying new things for people who, you know, they're kind of still in that, that they're stuck in that mindset of it's too scary. So I can't do it. Um, what would you say to people who are, you know, are still there? And I guess at one point, you know, you and I, we've been there in the past and we've kind of think thought, well, either it hasn't been an option or if it has been an option, I don't know how. And I, you know, it, it, it's too much risk because I, I guess, you know, you've had that six month period where you had that motivation. OK, I need to replace my income. Um, and for some people, they don't actually have that motivation because maybe they're a little bit too comfortable getting the salary every month. They've got all the bills to play and the thought of risking that stability is really scary. I think, I think you, you've got to wait. I mean, if you love, there's nothing wrong with that. If you love your job and you're in a job and you're happy and you just, there's a little niggling thing at the back of your mind that's saying, well, maybe I should have a go. I don't think you're in the right place. You know, you know in property, I know in property, and, and I expect most of the listeners know, property can be hard. It is hard work. You know, it's not, it's not, it, it can be made quite, you know, Oi, we get a deal, we do this, we do that, we make all this money. But in, in this, in the process of all of that, there is, there is worry, there is stress, there is difficult times. Um, but it's surrounding yourself with the right people to be nowhere really to turn to. Uh, and for me, it was about just putting myself in that environment of seeing other people achieving what I wanted to achieve. Now, because they could do it, there was no real reason why I couldn't do it. And, and it's taking that concept and doing it that, and that gives you some peace of mind, but you've got to want to do it. If you're comfortable, um, I mean, I, I, I was for years comfortable until I wasn't, you know what I mean? Until it, it just became the norm and I just thought I'm making somebody else rich and I'm fed up with this. And, you know, for me, a lot of it was about removing the ego as well, because I always wanted, you know, the mansion, the fast cars and everything. But 
when I've broken it down over the last few years of, of really working on myself, I don't. I just want a little house, you know, with a bit of land around it. And, uh, you know, what, what, I probably wouldn't even fit in a sports car. As you know, I'm quite tall. So you know, I can't put the family in it, that's for sure. So it, it's removing all of that sort of fluff and just having clarity in, in what you want to do. But if you sat on the fence, just just get out there and network with people. You know what I mean? Get out of the house. Now we can. You know, there's, there's networking events opening up all across the country. Go to business ones, go to property ones, go out and speak to people, see what what's in your area, see what people are saying and, and just really find what, what suits you. Because, you know, a rent to rent business isn't going to suit everybody. But I do get a lot of people, uh, i.e. landlords with quite big portfolios that come up to me and say, I want to look at getting into rent to rent. And I'm like, well, you've got a massive, yeah, but it's not producing the cash flow that I wanted to produce because maybe they've done it in the older style or it's just not yielding what they wanted it to yield. So if you're looking for a sort of a cash flow business and you want to go into it as a business, then then it's a good opportunity. But again, it's a bit like deal sourcing as well. If you, if you want to become a deal sourcer and stuff, there's a lot more at the back end of that than meets the eye um so we all think find a deal sell it lovely move on to the next one but it's not you, you've got months and months where you could potentially be waiting to be paid where you've got to see things going through and there's a lot more so i would just say go out there and do your homework which i did and study things see which people you resonate with get yourself into those communities there's always groups out there where you can join the groups and chat to people take some of the stuff that's said in there with a pinch of salt and make your own opinions because if somebody's done one thing and tried it and it's bad then it's always going to be bad for them so obviously don't just take what one people but i would say get yourself out there and just see what what fits nicely with with what you want to do and what you need in your life i think you're right it just keeps coming back to deciding it's being clear on what you want and what your goals are like you say you know a rent to rent business isn't for everybody and you know the routes that we've taken where we've kind of thrown ourselves into it full time and set up the businesses um again it, you know it not everybody needs to do that so it's just about understanding where you're at what it is you what is people looking for so that they can they can actually just decide well maybe just being a private investor maybe just you know getting those single lets is absolutely fine and that'll top up the income um, I guess it, yeah, it, it depends how desperate people are to leave the day job, doesn't it? Um, but even so, you like for example, you said a couple of a couple of deals can allow you to do that. Your friend, for example, sort of semi-retired, you know, at any age you can do that if you've got a couple of deals. You know, a, a dealer brings in five hundred pounds a month cash. You're, a couple of them, you obviously you've got to take into account business costs and voids and all of those things. But it doesn't actually take that many deals to get to that position. I think what you're talking about is, uh, you know, you know, really ambitious in terms of setting up the business and and scaling up and and, and bigger and better deals as you go along. Um, so yeah, I think it's just important to kind of for people to not be intimidated as well, and you know, by by people who are more involved and full on. <laughs> um, oh, well, so, you, you, I mean, when, when you when you, when you built your portfolio, you know, you've got a mixture of, of different things that you've done, but you've that those are, you have been, so to speak, I don't know whether it's been a passion for you or whatever like that, but those have been the things that you've wanted to do. You, you've you've obviously had an interest in them. You've spoken to people. You've seen how things like that are done. You, you've you've got a mixture, mixed bag of things that suits your circumstances. Uh, and like you say, but you've gone about it and you've set it up in a professional manner. Yeah. So when you obviously you're, you mentor other people now and help them to, you know, to move forward in their journey, what kind of blocks do you think that people 
uh, face? You know, are there any kind of patterns of people at the beginning where they think um, the the mindset mindset is preventing them from moving forward? I think so. I think um, I think, like I say, you, you've got to have clarity in what you want to do. You've got to give it a hundred percent, otherwise you 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 will you will fail. At the end of the day, you will give up and you'll move on to the next thing. Uh, one of the biggest blocks I always see, obviously in my in my line of work, is um, with rent to rent. Is is people obviously are worried about renting rooms? They're they're worried about offering a guaranteed rent to people and then getting stuck. Um, and that is one of the biggest things that people say. What I always say to that is if your rooms look like the pictures and they're at a decent standard for your area, they don't have to be the best. They just need to be a decent standard for the area and they need to represent what you're advertising. If people are walking in and doing viewings and that is the case, they will take the rooms because they're there because they like the pictures. So I see a lot of rooms that just don't look like the pictures when you walk in, they're, they're tired. Uh, and nobody wants to spend any money on them. And you know, HMOs are an animal. They are a bit of a beast. Uh, and you do need to have a level of, you know, putting money into them, you know, licks of paint here, touching up things, making sure, you know, taps and stuff, because it's it's a bit like a hotel in a, in a sense. I mean, if you're doing it in SA, it is a hotel, but it's gonna take a bit of hammer because there's more people in there and they don't exactly own the properties in most cases as well. So while they will be careful, or you'd like to think they would be, they're still not gonna treat it as if it's them that has to replace everything if it gets wear and tear. So, um, yeah, a lot of the mental blocks that I uh, that I have is is really when it comes down to money. You know, I, I haven't got any money. How do I pay this? How do I pay that? And uh, the thing is, it's not looking at it as if how how it's it's you know it's basically how can I do this? You know, changing it on its head. It's not how can I not do this. It's how can I do this? So what do I need to do to do this now? As I've said to a few people, you know, right now, right here, right now, it might not be the right time for you. You might be in circumstances that are too too bleak for want of a better word, um, that it's just not going to suit you doing anything like that at this time. Because while well, they say no money down deals and all of that, that I, I, I don't really go to no money down. Little money. I, it hasn't cost me a fortune to do rent to rent, but it does cost you a few quid, you know, in contracts, if it, bits of paint and things. You can obviously keep it cheaper because you can do it yourself. But at the end of the day, you need to have something there. So I always say to somebody, well, sacrifice something that you can that's not going to obviously uh, affect your life massively and save up for six months towards starting something. And then you'll have a bit of peace of mind because you'll have a bit of money behind you. It may take you longer than six months. You may be able to save some money quicker than that. But just get a level of income behind you so that you feel comfortable in what you're doing. Um, because by not having anything, that's going to be playing on your mind and, and you will not be able to do deals because you'll be too scared. Yeah. So a lot of the time for me, it's just using the stepping stones and, and being supported by people that have done it, that can show you how to structure deals, that can show you how to do deals in a manner that suits. Because, you know, a lot of a lot of times, um, you know, if you're working with letting agents or, or landlords, they want massive deposits or they want, you know, massive amounts of rent up front or you're expected to put money into the refurbs and things. And the one thing I've I've never paid a deposit and I've never paid for a refurb. Don't get me wrong. I have done working properties. I have painted them. I've changed a few carpets, put a bit of furniture in, but I've never done a massive refurb and things. I always try and talk to the landlords and make sure that, you know, in the negotiations, they know that if it needs to be at a certain standard, they put that in and I maintain it. So there's lots of different ways you can do things, but I think it's putting yourself in a supportive environment. I'm all about community, me, because I think it's massive. I think, you know, being able to speak to people who have done it 
and just ask them questions or, or if you have a problem I can't let this room what do you reckon you know somebody can just have a look at your advert or even point in the right direction that's what can help you and that's what brings the confidence because once you've done it as you know yourself uh, Michelle once you've done it a couple of times the confidence is there and you wonder what all the fuss was about <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely the the support and the, the accountability is so important really is and I think you know if people are looking at for a way to kind of get started that's one way um for any other ways that people can get started when they're in that let, let's say they've decided okay right rent to rent it's my strategy or service combination or whatever it is uh, but let's say it's rent to rent I want to get started I know this is a strategy for me I've decided my area um but they still in that there's so many different things because obviously as a you know aspiring business owner you've got the marketing you've got you know looking to get the deals the investors you've got there's so many so many different different aspects how do people decide what to focus on first to get that momentum going uh, especially if they've got a full-time job family you know limited time limited funds you know what's your advice for people to just... i think i think it's really it's it's either following people that have done it before you uh, and really just mirror what they what they've done in their, in their areas and everything also I, I, as you know with big companies big companies you know they train people I, I was always against training spending and educating on myself but big companies out there they pull out outsource companies to come and train their people there's a reason they do that because they want their people to do what this company can offer so don't be afraid to get yourselves out there and spend a little bit of money on some advice on some education that will actually get you where you want to be and probably in a lot of cases if you if you follow the results if, if you if you follow the the roadmap or the blueprint or whatever people want to call it you'll get yourself you you can get yourself into a better position than the actual person that's done it um so i mean as i say i i do help people and everything um but I, i've had one lady on mine that over the three month course that we do she's got five properties um, she got one within four weeks and she's signed her fifth at the end of it. Now, she's done that a hell of a lot quicker than I did, but she's just followed the processes that I put in front of her and things. So for her, the mental blocks were all there at the beginning, but it was having that foundation and having that community or the people to turn to, to be able to sort you out. And I think that's one of the main things, you know, as I say, we can, we can grab so much information from books, from, from podcasts and, and they're brilliant and they are inspiring. They give you the ideas, they give you the seed, but it's really where you want to put your energy in. But I always say, do your due diligence, check what people are doing, check, check if you want to work with those sort of people and stuff like that. And I invested in myself when I did mastermind. Um, and that was to learn all the different strategies, have the complete and utter toolbox of everything. Now I didn't use the whole toolbox, but it's still there. It's still in the locker. It's ready to come out and rock and roll whenever I need it. Um, but it was putting myself in, in that sort of environment and that's how I try and stay now. I try and stay in that environment and stay communicating with people and, um, and help people. You know, if, you, if you've read a book and you've got some really good advice from it, don't be afraid to share that advice with somebody else because what goes around comes around. And I think by helping somebody else, at the end of the day, if you've ever got a problem, they're going to be more enticed to come and help you. Uh, and it's just expanding your knowledge and, and stuff with, with that. But it really is... You do have to take a bit of a leap of faith. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I can come across confident and everything, but I felt sick. The first three, four deals I signed, I I felt sick, worried, scared. I, was I doing the right thing? And I, I, I've, I've actually signed a, a deal three months ago as well. And even then, the, 
I know exactly what I'm doing. I know how to do it. I know how to get it all set up. I know the team's in place. But even then, it was still, do I do I want this one? Do I? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, come on. What's the worst that can happen? And I, the one thing I will say about property, while it can bite you, it can also be quite forgiving if you have a plan B. Don't ever go into anything expecting to use a plan B. But what's the worst that can happen? If I can only let rent four rooms out of six, but I know that those four rooms cover the landlord, cover the bills, I might not make any profit for what I'm doing, but I know for a fact that, you know, with those four rooms let, that, that washes its face. I can let four rooms surely, do you know what I mean? And then the, the other two are the profit. So if you can change that mindset and say, right, if I, as long as I get those four rooms let, it washes its face. That's your first target. Second target is to make sure all six are done. Uh, and then it's just looking after the tenants and people that are, that are in there. Then there's no real reason why if you don't break it down into baby steps, I like to keep things simple, stupidly simple as, as much as I can because things can get very complicated. And just break it down into those steps and, and you'll, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. But you have got to get it, get it out there and you have got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next for you then? You see, you've, you've got to this point now, you know, really inspiring story. And where is this going to take you? Well, now we've got over, hopefully, the uh, the troubled couple of years that we've had up and down of things. We are looking at um, a, a new family house. So we've got ourselves into the position now where we can uh, finally buy, I'm not going to say the house of our dreams, because... Um, I think you'd have to build that, <laughs> but who's, who knows, who knows? Uh, and it's it's all about now the portfolio. So I'm looking at um, commercial units. I'm looking at uh, buying units that I can convert into uh, one and two bed flats for my own portfolio. So uh, I'm, I'm not particularly looking at taking on uh, um, HMOs, although I will if, you know, PLOs and things like that come, come my way. Uh, and I'm looking at one of those at the moment. So uh, that's got a little office, which I want to use for myself. And uh, yeah, so it's really now, as the focus is, now that we've got, so to speak, the cash flow coming in, we've got the rent to rent business there. It's about building up my own portfolio now uh, and spending my time uh, building that up and uh, putting that in place for the legacy for basically my family, my nest egg and, and for the kids and stuff. Fantastic. So where can people find out more about what you're up to and follow you on social media? What's the best place? Uh, well, you'll find me on um, Facebook. Just look for the smiley face, uh, Mark Fitzgerald. Um, Instagram, I'm on there at mark.fitzgerald underscore property. So come and uh, hook me up there. If you've got any questions or you've got any problems, then please feel free to message me. Uh, I'm quite active on social media, so uh, I'm always in and around there. I do. Uh, I will do a shameless little plug for my own little podcast as well, which is the Property yeah. Unleashed podcast. So uh, come and have a little listen. And um, yeah, if anybody has any questions or wants to find out anything more about anything, um, then yeah, feel free to contact me. You can email me at info at mrfpropertysolutionsltd.co.uk. And again, I'm more than happy to help anyone. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mark. We'll put those links into the show notes for people. And uh, we look forward to watching your success as you grow and uh, do, do, you know, your uh, much bigger property portfolio and, um, and yeah, That's expand it. further. So brilliant brilliant well thank you very much for having me on it's been great to speak to you again and uh, yeah everybody take care great thank you for anyone who has not yet subscribed to the magazine please click the link in the show notes for your free first copy see you next time guys